Greetings and good day. This is Tabitha. Welcome to another edition of White Wellness. Today, October 3rd, 2023, broadcasting out of New York for White Wellness Radio. That was The Doors back in 1971 with The Changeling off of the album L.A. Woman. So today on the broadcast, A New Leaf. That is the title and that is the topic, A New Leaf. And of course, this is a time of year where there are many leaves, many leaves falling on the ground and various autumnal hues. We have the red and the yellow and the orange, all kind of mimicking the heart, not heart chakra, the lower triangle, um, the root and the, uh, the sacral and the solar. Of course, the heart would be the uh, green, me to we, the bridge. But anyway, yes, um, a new leaf. I'm going to be talking about some developments in my own kind of uh, life, and how that reflects with white wellness, turning over that new leaf, um, transitioning into something better, something new, something sassier, something jazzier. And also I want to spend some time talking about the Clearly Liver Detox, which I did, I think back in July. I think it's been that far back. Let me look at my notes. Um, yeah, beginning of July, I made out the detox protocol you know, going off of what was on the site back in July of two. And now I'm actually doing it again because I thought it was so groovy that I wanted to do it again. But I know a lot of you have been waiting for me to speak about that. But first, the word. The uh, word of the week or the word uh, from this groovy English dictionary or English um, deck called Forgotten English Knowledge Cards. I only have about five of these left. So I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to pick one of these cards. And then I guess once I run out of these, I'm going to have to be tapping some of my whimsical word books. I have a groovy area in my library. I've got this new library area in my house, uh, built some new shelving, and I have a full area where I have all these books about words and puns and Forgotten English, you know, my type of stuff. So let's pick the word. Shuffle these up real good. All right, here we go. That word is uh, scrine. I hope I'm saying this correctly. Let me get a, a check on Google to make sure I'm saying this word correctly. It's S-C-R-Y-N-N-E. Scrine. I think I'm saying it correctly. Yeah, scrine. Okay, here we go. A reinforced wooden chest, sometimes inlaid with ivory or jewels, which during medieval times contained precious writing materials and other valuables such as sacred relics. Preserved in these boxes throughout Europe have been such macabre oddities as gallons of dried holy blood of saints, vast quantities of preserved portions of their bodies, pounds of crucifixion nails, and even the, quote, tip of Lucifer's tail. The word scrine was replaced with shrine, S-H-R-I-N-E, around the 17th century. And many of us, of course, are familiar with the word shrine, especially when it comes to someone's burial remains or some sort of homage or uh, memory for someone who has, has passed on. So the word scrine becoming the word shrine in the uh, 1600s, but interesting how it relates to this precious box kind of almost being maybe the early casket or, or coffin. And I know historically 
that, you know, it takes a certain amount of um, affluence to be able to have the funds to have a box to be able to bury someone. And also you have to live in a country where there's there's enough land to have that. Like I know in many areas of the world, especially when they don't have, um, let's say, the Abrahamic belief of holding on to the physical remains after someone dies, like let's say in some of the, the Buddhist countries or some of the Hindu countries of the world, they just cremate and then they just go and they visit the bones sometimes and they move them. And it's, it's very different than here where, I mean, it would make sense given how um, really just um, messed up the Western culture is in, in many ways that we have this very twisted relationship with, with death. And of course we have it with birth and we have it with life and we have it with facets of life like sex. And it goes back to many of things, but uh, one of them would probably be the major thing would be um, the religious uh, programming, of course, or pogramming. So yes, the word is scrying. All right. So I think I'm going to start off talking about this clearly liver detox, which I've mentioned already in a show, I think at least once, possibly even even more. And I've mentioned it a bunch of times. If you follow me on Telegram, I've talked about it there. So I want to talk a little bit about my um, my results doing this and why I think it's something that maybe you, if you're a health conscious person, and you're tired of trying a lot of the things out there, which, as many of us know, they actually don't work. They end up draining our wallet, taxing our liver, we pay for expensive piss, and oftentimes we have to backpedal. That's not the case with this uh, detoxification. So when I talked about this a while ago in the broadcast, I talked about cholestasis. I talked about how widespread liver dysfunction is the root of all dis-ease, of course, in the Western allopathic pharmacopoeia, if you could call it that, they really only reference cholestasis as a very rare condition that, you know, is very, um, you know, only a few people have it, or it happens during pregnancy. Well, of course, it happened during pregnancy because of the estrogen and the slowed down liver function. And of course, many, many things can happen, but cholestasis is just one of them. So as a refresher, let's just mention what cholestasis is. It's a condition in which the liver's bile production is reduced and bile flow into the small intestine becomes impeded. And essentially everyone has subclinical cholestasis at the very least. You could also say that maybe everyone has subclinical hypothyroidism, subclinical um, levels of like adrenal or adrenal exhaustion. Uh, we're living in a modern world that our ancestors have never been up against what we tackle in just one day. That's why the whole idea of a low-carbohydrate diet as a lifestyle doesn't really make much sense because that's a very stressful thing to the body. And we live in a, a world with like all the xenoestrogens, all of this non-native EMF. Uh, we really need to eat ample carbohydrates, of course, of the right kind at the right time, to be able to counter some of that stress. And of course, some people, the more active they are, would require more than others. But a lot of these modern diets or diets are the reasons why we are dealing with such widespread cholestasis. That's a little bit of background. Of course, we talked about this on the show a little while ago. I went into that thing. We talked about how um, a lot of things online, even the alt stuff or the radical alt stuff, it's all SSDD, same shit, different day. They're all 
basically espousing some variant of the same information, trying to make it look um, hot and sassy or hot and spicy. And unfortunately, many of us are fooled by it, but it really doesn't get to the root cause. So there's something called the Clearly Liver Detox. It is two products. They are called F1 and F2. If you go to the website, um, C-L-R-L-Y, I will um, link this when I archive the show. So F1, Formula 1 and Formula 2 respectively, F1 is a liver repair formula that is made with uh, Tudka, which is a synthetic ox bile. We talked about this in the last time we talked about cholestasis as well. It is um, something that's been used uh, for ages in uh, medicine. It's been used, if you look at the TCM pharmacopoeia, there's all this information about using the bile of not just ox and ruminants, but the bile of avians, the bile of uh, uh, sea life. So there has been a context for using bile for a long time, whether it be synthetic or natural bile. You can get both as a way to get things flowing. Oftentimes people who have had like a gallbladder removal will sometimes take something like this to get the flow going because the liver makes the bile, but the gallbladder is the tank where the bile is stored. So if someone doesn't have one of their organs, uh, especially that one, it's gonna make it a little bit more difficult and their liver is gonna need extra help. It also has phospholipocholine. It also has zinc sulfate, uh, selenomethanion, which is a type of selenium and molybdenum which are minerals that majority of us are deficient in. Actually, choline, I think, is a, not a mineral. I believe it's something else. But anyway, this is what the Formula One has, and this will help improve liver function um, and restore metabolic health. Because that's essentially, when we talk about key, we talk about um, jing, we talk about um, what's the key, jing, shen, that's the spirit. We talk about prana, we talk about vril. That's essentially what metabolic health is. Metabolic health is more of a Western way of speaking about it, but it's basically, it's restoration of healthy organ function, which leads to healthy hormonal function. And oftentimes we think that hormones are a root cause, um, and they can be kind of, you know, deeper in the weeds of the roots, certainly, but the real tap root is the organ function. We want to have good liver function and everything else, good thyroid function, then we'll have good hormone function. And we live in this world today, so many stressors. We've got vaccinations, not just the OEDAI, just, you know, vaccinations that we had, you know, when we went and got some um, ridiculous thing for an overseas trip, we didn't know any better. Um, the flu vaccination, the ones we got growing up as youngsters, we've got heavy metals from just taking a breath outside to canned food, to seafood, to, um, all the drugs that are high in heavy metals, um, many of other foods. Um, we've got microplastics. We've got iron fortified foods. Many of us here in the West grew up on those. We've got uh, herbicides and pesticides like glyphosate. We've got medications, uh, blue light. Uh, we've got so many of these things. So when the body becomes impaired through liver damage, we have things like hair loss, anxiety and depression, sleep disruption, skin problems, cancer, obesity, autoimmune issues, and thyroid issues. 
So this detoxification thing, remember it's F1, it's just um, the first thing, there's also formula two. This helps open up the detoxification pathways. So when people have sludgy bile, everything is gonna be slow moving. Hypothyroidism is an example of having slow bile. We wanna have bile that's just right, kind of like Goldilocks style bile. If it's too fast, we'll end up, you know, blowing out uh, too much like when someone goes to the loo and goes like 10 times a day that's too much bile and that's actually not good either you want to have that goldilocks amount so tudka in this case it's a synthetic bile salt it helps eliminate blockages from the gallbladder ducts allowing for stagnant bile to be flushed what do you think gallstones are that is stagnant bile right that's what it's a backup it's almost like liver poop that got backed up in the storage tank, the gallbladder. It's almost like a, a source of, or a kind of constipation in a certain way. And then we have the phospholipocholine, which will help repair the cell membranes, um, uh, as well as those in uh, the intestinal tract, things like that also helps restore the bile flow. We have zinc, which is an essential mineral. Many people are um, low in zinc. Zinc also helps the production of glutathione, which is an antioxidant. Then we have selenium. A lot of people are deficient in this because of the modern soil. Uh, also an antioxidant, also helps with production of thyroid hormone, really important for the thyroid. Then we have molybdenum, which is uh, one of the kind of rare minerals out there, not so well known. We only need like a small amount of it. Um, it works with selenium together in conjunction and um, it also is a precursor to many enzymatic functions. So that's F1. You take two of these pills, or you can start with one per day, depending if someone's really, really backed up, they always wanna go gentle and slow with these things. You don't wanna like, you know, go ham and go all in. Then we have F2, which is the redox boost. Now this is NAC, N-acetylcysanine um, uh, and taurine. That's what this is. And this helps by um, also producing or being a precursor to glutathione, the NAC. Um, it's a supplemental form of the amino acid cysteine. It helps um, bind metals and remove heavy metals from the system. Super important. I mean, the average person, even if the average person, let's say, never got any amalgam dental work, never got any tattoos, maybe didn't eat a lot of canned food or a lot of seafood, didn't smoke a lot of chemicalized weed, didn't drink beer out of cans, you're still probably gonna have a heavy metal load just living in this world. And most of us have done at least one of those things on that list I just mentioned anyway. So taurine is another um, important amino acid like cystinine, and it's a, a primary antioxidant that helps keep octavate, oxidative stress at bay whilst we're engaged in the repair process. So those are the two things. You usually take um, one or two of the F1 and then two capsules or so of the F2. And that is to be taken on an empty stomach. I find that taking it first thing in the morning before I do my food is best because I feel that taking it in the evening after I went like a few hours without food it kind of um, aroused me too much. I don't mean sexual arousal. I mean like it just kind of gave me too much energy where I wanted to focus on my sleep. So I think it's best taken during the day, but you'll have to figure that out yourself. Now there's also something else, uh, Shilajit, 
available on the website. Sheila Jeet is an ancient uh, resinous material that is part of the world in Russia, the Himalayas, uh, the Andes Mountains, the Rocky Mountains, uh, other areas in India. In Sanskrit, it means conqueror of mountains or destroyer of weakness. It's a massive formula that has 85 trace minerals that are naturally occurring. There's also a thing called biofulvic, which I think I've mentioned before on broadcast, which is kind of a diluted shilajit. Some people also have to go slow with the shilajit because it's very stimulating and it's um, it can rev up and really push detox hard. So if someone knows, you know your history best, of course. If someone's had a history with a lot of vaccinations, uh, a lot of a lot of pharmaceutical pills, a lot of dental work, terrible diets, uh, stress, you know, all, all the things we know that already kind of like, you know, heighten our load, you want to go slow on these things. So Shilajit, it has um, a very kind of intense taste. You can just add a little bit in a warm, warm water or hot water in the morning and just shoot that down. You could add a little bit of honey to it. You could also mix it with like tea or other things like that. I just drink it as is. When I was doing the cleanse last time, I did with a little bit of this knotweed honey, which was this really dark kind of like molasses, like grade B maple syrup honey made from Japanese knotweed. But I was like, this time I'm just going to do it as is. I'm, I'm fine just taking it like this. So I usually have this first thing in the morning after I've taken um, the pills. And then I move on to my, my lemon water and my, my, my breakfast. So what's so amazing about Shilajit is that it is a natural chelator of heavy metals because many of the chelation methodologies that are out there are, are quite dangerous because all they do is they pull the heavy metals out of um, the tissues and then they're in the bloodstream and there's really no place for them to detox. So I would avoid the majority of the chelation modalities out there. So Shilajit, like I said, chelates heavy metals. It decalcifies the pineal. It increases mitochondrial efficiency, key prana, vril, improves neurological function, improves hormonal function. It's also anti-aging and it boosts energy and it's an antioxidant. So those are the three products that you need to do this cleanse. And now he also sells three types of CBD. And of course, I'm not a tremendous fan of this. It can help people in certain instances. And I think it it is better than getting hooked on something like uh, the ganja, which can be very habit-forming for a lot of people. Plus, the idea of, of smoking something is not necessarily the best thing, especially on the regular. Uh, then I guess, of course, there's things like muleen, which are, are fine for smoking, or other herbs which are fine for smoking. But a lot of the ganja today is really made very harshly. I mean, if you were going to do that yourself, you'd really want to get it from an organic provider or, you know, grow it yourself essentially, because it's, uh, it's really toxic. There's a reason why they legalized it because they're growing all these crazy strains. Um, they're probably doing all types of stuff to hormonally alter it. And as we know, cannabis already sucks up like mad amounts of cadmium, probably less so if you're doing hydroponics inside but he also sells these very clean CBDs. And most of the CBDs on the market, I think, are, are sludge. But these are probably some of the cleanest CBDs you can get. Of course, this part is completely and totally optional because these can take um, a little hit on the liver. But let's say someone was coming off of some crazy 
stimulant or habit and just needed something to kind of like cushion that feeling, you could use something like this, which I think would be more uh, sensible option than let's say, you know, uh, drinking tons of alcohol or smoking tons of weed or, you know, taking in uh, heaps of uh, caffeine, things like that. So that's totally optional. The main parts are F1, F2, and the Shilajit. And then also some people choose to take uh, glycine to help with sleep before bed. I tried that out. It made me really sleepy. Actually, it didn't make me sleepy. I was able to fall asleep really easily, which I typically do. But I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. So I decided to nix the glycine. And I also realized that I get a fair amount of glycine anyway throughout the day through like bone broth and gelatin and, and things like that. I had been doing collagen, but I realized that collagen powder makes me tired for some reason. So I just said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to stick to bone broth and, and gelatin and then, you know, cooking like the gelatinous cuts of meat. I make gummies. I have some great apple cider gummies right now in the fridge. So that's something else you could tack on if you felt you wanted to. Something else you could also tack on would be um, thyroid. You could take thyroid. Um, depending on what type you can get, you could take, he recommends on the website, uh, synthetic T3, which is just there's T1, T2, T3, and T4. Uh, people usually take a combination of T3 and T4. Some only take T3. Some only take T4. That's what most doctors um, prescribe, levothyroxine, which is T4, which a lot of people, unfortunately, are still hypothyroid when they take that because they cannot convert T4 to T3. So he recommends synthetic T3, just like um, Dr. Repeat does for a lot of people. Of course, that would be your choice to take that. You'd have to figure out your dosing. You could also do uh, an NDT, a natural desiccated thyroid, if you wanted to try something like that. That's another option. Or you could also source the raw glands, which is incredibly difficult, and make yourself like your own raw thyroid milkshakes, which is pretty hardcore. So ways to kind of, you know, get everything going if you want to do kind of the add-ons. But the basic cleanse is F1, F2, and Shilajit. And some people do a senna cleanse the night before. Senna is a herb that has laxative properties. I tried this and I think I did it like one day before I started the cleanse. It's recommended to clean out your colons, like a colons, like your colon. That would be so weird if someone had more than one. But anyway, to clean out your colon if you um, have impacted fecal matter before you do the cleanse. But I was in a pretty good place um, evacuation wise before starting the cleanse. So I did it for one day and then I was like, you know what? I don't need to do this anymore. I'm just going to go straight into the cleanse. But if you're really backed up and constipated, you might want to clean out your bowels before you start the cleanse. So that's pretty much the cleansing products. And the whole idea is to re restore a homeostatic state to the system to balance your minerals, to restore methylation function, and this will optimize your genetic expression and heal dis-ease. Of course, the medical community does not talk about these things because then the jig would be up, of course. So I haven't done bloods yet. Uh, I have a script to do blood. Um, I'll probably do that in the next month or two after I'm done with what I'm doing right now with the cleanse. But if you look on the Clearly website, there's all this different stuff about what you'd want to do in regards to what bloods you'd want to get done. So now for the diet, uh, it's basically high protein, high carb, adequate fiber, lower fat, not low fat, lower fat, 
and reduction of vitamin A. So you want to eat, by high protein, we mean protein. We don't mean protein with, you know, quotes or three parentheses around them. We mean actual protein. So we mean meats. Uh, you know, leaner meats right now is a good thing. Uh, they can have uh, different types of, you know, uh, collagenous or gristle on them as long as it's not too high in fat. Um, if you've got a lot of heavy metal toxicity, you're going to want to go lean on the seafood. If you've got iron overload, you're going to want to go lean on the red meat. So I relied on a lot of chicken breast. Um, I was doing pastured chicken breast. I was doing pastured chicken tenders. I was doing um, a little bit of chicken drumsticks with the skin taken off. But I love all those wiggly, like gelatinous bits on the drumstick. Oh, it just makes me so happy, like that little weird wiggly thing like on the bottom of it and I could eat everything of but the bone when I eat a drumstick so I ate that type of stuff um I did like lean steaks I did um lean like ground meat and burgers I did some fish I did like flounder and shrimp um a little bit of salmon things like that those were my basic meals I also did eggs even though eggs are a source of vitamin A I did my best to get the ones that were um, not like the super like ridiculous like orange yolks I got ones that were more on the yellow side and I limited myself to about two eggs per a day which is typically what I like I think any more than two eggs per a day for me most days is too much Sometimes if I'm feeling munchy, I might have one egg later in the day, like hard boiled, or maybe I'll do an egg drop soup for dinner. And I also use gelatin to get my protein and um, bone broth and things like that. Sometimes I would actually even add gelatin to bone broth, like a chicken bone broth, which I either bought or I made myself to even boost it higher. I guess you probably want to shoot for at least 70, if not 100 grams or more, depending on your activity, depending on... Um, you know, a lot of things, of course, like if you're a really active guy, and you're young, and you're lean, you definitely want to go over 100 grams. And I relied on a little bit of dairy, but I had cut my dairy down, I had um, cut myself off of the goat milk, which I don't think was really working for me. I think I do better with cheese and butter and ghee, and things like yogurt. So I was doing like a little bit of yogurt, I was doing a little bit of sheep yogurt, but I cut myself off of the goat yogurt, goat yogurt I don't really like the goat yogurt at the store it um they use starch in it and I, I tend to avoid all those intestinal irritants the best that I can you know the starches the gums all that just you know carrageen all that is can cause more problems than many of us are aware of so I was doing a little bit of sheep yogurt um, but I wasn't really relying on the dairy as like a massive protein source I was relying on the meats the seafoods the gelatin and the broth as my my uh protein sources for the most part um so yeah so i got myself off of the goat milk because the thing is is that when you get something like cow milk and and sheep milk as well and i won't even mention the other you know esoteric milks because most people don't have the access or the funds to procure those but at least with something like cow and sheep they're being fed essentially grass and they're being fed hay on the off season but with goats their diet's a bit particular and they have to supplement them with a lot of um, weird things. Sometimes it's things like flax. Sometimes it's things like, um, you know, synthetic vitamins that are high in vitamin A. So I wasn't really able, unfortunately, even in, in New York, to procure a really good source of raw goat milk 
that didn't have, you know, synthetic vitamin A. So I just figured, you know what? I'm like, I just can't eat this anymore. It's just not working for me. I got to be honest with myself. So I removed that. And this cleanse was my impetus for doing such. High carbs as well. You want to eat high carb. I know a lot of people like to talk a lot of shit about carbohydrates. And here's all we ever hear. We hear, you know, eat a lot of carbs. And there's no really recommendation as to what to eat, right? Or it's, you know, totally avoid them. And most of the time when they're telling you, like, don't eat carbs, and there's like an X or like one of those, like, you know, no signs with the circle and the, the red slash, it's over things like that most of us shouldn't be eating anyway, like all of these really like low quality, like processed carbs. So you want carbohydrates because they provide quick, accessible energy to the liver. So if you have a history of eating low carb, you have a history of eating low protein, or maybe even both, like, like a keto diet, your liver is really going to take a hit. This is why a lot of people who do the keto and the carnivore and things like that, they get um, hypothyroidism. And of course, those diets do have pluses because they do uh, get rid of many of the foods that many of us were eating that caused problems. The same thing could be tr true of veganism, right? Maybe someone before they were doing veganism, they were eating like all different type, types of like really low quality, you know, animal foods or something. Just like before keto, someone could have been like loading up on like low quality carbohydrates. So those diets work more as elimination diets, not as like a real way of life because they're too far imbalanced and too stressful. So carbohydrate wise, I did white potatoes peeled. I did like hash browns in the morning. That was really helpful. You can do wild rice. I just personally am not a tremendous fan of wild rice, but you definitely could eat it. Uh, white rice, soaked brown rice, uh, haiga rice, which is a combo of white and brown. You can even mix these together like part haiga, part white, but brown you've got to cook alone. I recommend a pressure cooker if you're going to do brown rice. I did eat beans. Uh, I, eat, I ate well, well cooked and soaked beans. I cooked them with a bay leaf, lentils as well. I also ate um, some lower vitamin A um, fruits. You could do grapes, apples, berries, pears, white peaches, bananas, cherries. It was the summer, so I was eating more of this. Now I'd probably just focus on, on apples and things like that. I also made sure I got adequate fiber. And of course, there's this whole fiber thing going on, you know, oh, fiber, you know, fiber this, fiber that. Yeah, I'm not talking like brand fiber. I'm not talking Metamucil. We never use those historically, if you look back in history. Did we get fiber from fruits and from uh, vegetations and, and, you know, things like tubers and uh, salads? Yes, we did. So just like the whole protein thing, I tell you to eat the protein that's, quote, plant protein. They tell you to either avoid all carbs or they try to tantalize you with you know, these nasty processed, like, you know, zog slop carbs or they tell you like oh avoid fiber you're gonna like blow your colon out but they're telling you like not to eat bran and metamucil when you eat things like salads we're promoting bile production excretion whilst increasing gut motility now some people they may be extremely sensitive to raw vegetation if that's the case then you just eat more cooked vegetation you eat um Things like a cooked beet, right? You can do cooked green beans. You could do cauliflower. You could do cooked white carrots, um, kale. Well, there's, there's many things that you can do. And I also was more uh, seriously oriented to, um, you know, going lean on the 
vitamin A that was in like more orange vegetables, like the carotenoids, than I was like avoiding like all of the green vegetables. Cause I know there is a certain amount of carotenoids that are also in the green vegetables, but I didn't worry myself too much with avoiding those because I was not eating like the ones that were crazy high in oxalic acid. Um, I don't really recommend spinach to people like when I'm working with like clients because it's really high in oxalic acid. I don't recommend rhubarb, like people don't eat rhubarb anyway. I don't recommend um, almonds, um, a ton of cacao, because these are all really high in uh, oxalic acid. So I was eating, you know, the things that were more like uh, cruciferous vegetables, which there is a little bit of vitamin A, but they are lower in oxalic acid and they are somewhat goitrogenic. But if you cook them well, it shouldn't be an issue. So, so far I did high protein, high carb, adequate fiber. I did lower fat because you wanna free up available bile to speed digestion and increase bile flow. Too much fat slows digestion. That is a fact, um, regardless of what diet you believe is correct. So I did lower fat. I didn't go too low, because if you go too low, you're gonna have no satiation, and then maybe you'll get constipated or you'll just feel dry. So you lower fat, not low. And then I reduced um, vitamin A. Um, obviously liver and kidneys, I wouldn't recommend eating those. I really don't think I'd recommend those in, in general. I um, There are so many other organs you could be eating, right? Brain, heart, tongue. I mean, we don't have to just like focus, like have like this crazy tunnel vision for like liver and kidneys. Liver does not taste good. Um, the liver of a fowl tastes better than the liver of a ruminant. That is true. Kidneys do not taste good. Kidneys taste like piss. Let's all be honest with each other. They taste like piss because they're filters for piss. So I avoided those. Uh, cod liver oil, I would avoid that too because it's really high in, in vitamin A. Um, and I was like, I went, I didn't go crazy on the egg yolks, like I said. Um, I like limited the amount of dairy I ate. I didn't go too crazy on that. Um, I didn't eat too many, you know, orange fruits or vegetables, um, especially like sweet potatoes, which are also high in oxalic acid. So I wouldn't recommend those either, whether you were cleansing or not. I mean, here and there, if you're going to eat, you know, a candied yam or a candied sweet potato on Thanksgiving, you know, knock yourself out. But as like a regular dietary staple, I just personally, in, in my paradigm, my, my way of thinking, I don't recommend that people eat, you know, a lot of food that are high in vitamin A and high in oxalic acid. So it's recommended that the daily dose of uh, vitamin A be under 2000 IUs, which is perfectly able to do. And with dairy, I found that um, doing butter and things like that was, was fine to use butter. I also used coconut oil. I used macadamia oil. I used olive oil and any of the residual fat that was already on my food. I also ate a little bit of seaweed, which I know some seaweeds have a little bit of vitamin A, but uh, I did eat a little bit of seaweed for the minerals and just it's very much a cultural thing for me. I, I grew up eating it and very much attached as a part of my diet. So I, I ate that. You want to drink filtered water to quench your first thirst. Um, filtered is very important. Um, you know, drink throughout the day. Definitely keep hydrated. All your food should be fresh too. Um, no canned food because of heavy metals. Of course, if you're defrosting frozen meat and using some frozen veggies, that should be okay. And to further heal the gut, it's recommended that um, you avoid things like bread, you avoid wheat, which both can cause leaky gut, especially more so if it's not sourdough, uh, avoiding tomatoes, because those can cause, in general, some types of, you know, leaky or intestinal permeability for some people, 
Uh, even potatoes can for some people because all nightshades can cause digestive issues for some people. That's why some people are like, I gave up dairy, I gave up gluten, I gave up, you know, all the stuff, you know, all the quote fun stuff and they still have gut issues. Yeah, because they're pounding the nightshades and here in the, the Western diet, it's not uncommon that a person would have nightshades for breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's just the way our diets are structured here, right? So, you know, they're pounding tomatoes and eggplant and, and peppers and um, potatoes. And I think the potatoes are the safest of all of those four. They are also, in my opinion, the tastiest. Um, I think they have the most amount of um, just satisfying um, feeling. They satiate. The other ones really don't satiate. And they're also lowest in vitamin A. So, yeah, if you want to really speed things up, uh, avoid the bread, avoid the wheat, um, avoid the tomatoes, avoid white sugar. I'd say in general, avoid it. If you're going to use sweeteners, I mean, why would you use white sugar when there's honey and there's maple syrup and there's all these like great things out there. And you could also avoid, um, alcohol that would also help because it, Hey, it is a liver cleanse after all. So you're going to want to avoid alcohol and you're going to want to avoid or limit caffeine. You possibly will feel that you don't even need to use as much caffeine when you do this liver detox. So with me, I noticed uh, it was easier to go lower on the caffeine. I was never like a hardcore, um, like, you know, like couldn't, I guess, like, you know, can't function and wake up without it. Like, I'm not one of those people like that. Um, I was never a tremendous coffee drinker, more of a tea drinker historically. I've loved, I've loved, you know, different teas throughout the years, many of these like fancy teas, but I found it easier to go lower on that. Um, I'm not totally off of caffeine, but pretty much what I drink now is kukicha tea. It's a Japanese macrobiotic tea that's, oh gosh, it's like 90% less caffeine than coffee. It's it's really low. So that's typically, I'll have like one cup of that in the morning, but everything else I've, um, I've pretty much cut out. So uh, skin quality improved for me too. I feel that doing some of those uh, Tom Foolish um, you know, trials throughout the last five or so years had uh, somewhat um, been not so good for my skin quality. And I was realizing that that was because my liver had taken a hit. Like I look back at all the shit for brains things that I've tried throughout the last, you know, five years or so. And I have to say with confidence, the worst of those that I tried was probably the primal diet because it was so high in fat and, uh, you just don't want to eat that much. Fat is something that, yes, we need some in context, absolutely. We want to make sure we're getting the right kind. But we never really had the uh, luxury of eating that much fat. Fat in nature is something that is uh, scarce. And of course, we use it very well in nature. I've used it historically for, for many of things, not just for you know consumption, also topically and to you know, make candles and, and things of that nature. But the amount of fat on that diet is just, it is mind zoggling. Um, there are some people who have tried that, that regime throughout the years who develop serious liver issues. They get really sick and they delude themselves to thinking that they're quote healing. There are people who have gotten enormously obese, um, especially women on that um, protocol because you know, too much fat is just going to increase estrogen. I mean, it is what it is, right? Whether it's saturated or not, it's just it's just what is. Even if you don't eat any carbs, like you're still gonna you're still gonna eventually increase estrogen by doing that. So it's really it's not it's not a good idea, and especially some 
fats are more estrogenic than others, uh, mainly the dairy fats. But I have a theory that a lot of the um, estrogenic qualities that are in dairy are, of course, attributed to the possibility of what the animal is being fed. But I also think that there are estrogenic capabilities or properties in the casein, which no one really likes to talk about. And of course, then we get into the idea of casomorphines. And this is a big uh, vegan argument that you know, people are, quote, addicted to uh, cheese and ask any vegan and they say the hardest food to give up was cheese because of the casomorphines. And there is, you know, there are compounds in food, you know, whether they're animal or plant that do kind of act like in a, in a drug-like way. But going back to what I said and, you know, this liver detox review and some of the, you know, this, the symptoms or things that I had dealt with after trying all these shit for brains things was um skin i think from just like taking a hit on the liver and also i um foolishly got um, caught up in the mix of consuming a lot of fermented foods which i believe on one of my last broadcasts i talked about fermented foods i talked about the increase of lactic uh, acid uh, buildup and how that creates something that's very similar to a cancer metabolism and we're always told it's you know so ancestral to eat all these fermented foods but Maybe that's what they had to do. It was a method of preservation. It was a method of, you know, restoring, you know, restoring things for long periods of time. Now, I don't think everyone has to go 100% free of them. But I think like, you know, drinking like heaps of uh, kefir and things like that, uh, for me, it, it did not work. That's one of the things that got me into trouble. Um, with skin. It was basically, I developed this like a uh, rash type of thing, like on my inner, like around, like where my, my hand meets my arm, like right around there, I had a rash there. And then I had this even more annoying rash that was like in between the joint of my elbow. And, you know, once I pretty much pulled out these foods, of course I was, I was flabbergasted at the time what was happening, then I was able to say, oh, okay, but then I had to, you know, engage in the healing to heal the skin and, and do all of that. At one point, this sounds, you know, massively shit for brains. I was, you know, shooting pieces of, of raw ruminant liver using like this uh, Amish fermented, like goat kefir. I mean, the amount of vitamin A in that, the amount of uh, fermentable, whatever, not a good move, right? Not a good move at all. So I, I've learned a lot through these trials and errors and I've learned some good stuff. I've had some, you know, some good advancements as well, but um, I think that diet as a whole, um, I don't know if I would call it a PSYOP. It's more like a cliff jump than a PSYOP. And of course, you know, there are many good things about that, you know, weaved within it. Um, you know, the importance of animal foods in the diet, the importance of, you know, high quality animal foods in the diet. Some are good raw, some are good cooked, some are good rare. Uh, I don't really believe, like I said, in the, the fermented stuff, especially the high meat. That was another uh, low point of my nutritional journey, the high meat. That was some talk about shit for brains. High meat takes the cake for shit for brains. So yeah, throughout the years, I've uh, made some nutritional follies but that was the one I think that was the most uh, ridiculous but I've been able to unwind a lot of these things by doing this so what else have I been able to achieve by doing this uh, liver detox vision improvement I have worn corrective lenses since 2008 I really only wear them when I'm driving or doing something where I need to be engaged like you know walking around the mall or going to the food store or 
walking around the city. So my vision has improved. Uh, it had already started to improve back in February when I mitigated marijuana, but it improved even more because of course it's tied to the liver and you know, marijuana can damage the liver and some people, they're never gonna lose their sight or like, you know, have um, sight recession. They may get red eyes. People out there, you know, they, they smoke weed, they take a couple of hits. Their eyes are red. That never really happened to me. I mean, unless I like, you know, ate a tremendous amount of edibles. But in general, that really never happened to me. It was really just, you know, the eyesight not as good. So my vision has improved a lot, which is something I never even expected would happen. Uh, it's it's such a blessing. I only have like a prescription of like a two out of a ten on my corrective lenses anyway. So it's not like I very strong user of of spectacles. Like I said, I I barely even wear them, but. Any improvement, I think, is fantastic. Better energy levels, of course, because better bioflow makes total sense, right? More motivation to do great things like work out, you know, things like that. Um, and remember, when you work out at home and you work out alone, sometimes you don't necessarily have the same motivation as you do of, you know, getting in your car, driving to yoga, driving to the gym, you know, meeting up with a friend, etc. So, Sometimes you need a little bit of fire under your booty to motivate yourself with that. Uh, what else? I would say I've lost some libs, which I wasn't necessarily intentionally doing, but I'm, I'm glad for it. Why not? So I felt like I lost some of the weight that I had possibly gained by doing the primal and um, kind of approaching the pro-metabolic thing in, in, a, in a way that really didn't work for me, like just hitting the dairy too hard. You don't have to do dairy and do that way of eating. And historically a lot of dairy has made me feel puffy it's just what is especially if it's not um fermented and of course like i said i'm not doing too many ferments and also something else i'm going to add about um, fermented foods be very careful as to where you're getting the ferments from unless of course you're making them yourself because some of these amish and mennonite farms they use very um unhygienic uh, methodologies in regards to how they ferment things and um, I just I was getting the kefir that made my arms like get that crazy rash from one of these farms so I would be really careful as to where to get your ferments from make sure you get it from like a really reputable farm what else I would say stronger libido um, my libido was good before it wasn't non-existent like it is for you know many people which is unfortunate um, but of course better bile flow better liver function, you're going to be hornier. Makes total sense. Um, I feel I look better and feel better. I can just assess that and feel it in my body. I also made sure to get lots of sun throughout the whole process, which is a little bit more difficult now because there's less sun available during the day because it's getting darker earlier. I also follow the circadian rhythms of waking up around sunrise or a little bit a little after. I found that waking up right at it for me was like a little bit of a stress. So I try to wake up a little bit after it, uh, which still works fabulous for me. And then going to sleep shortly after sunset or trying to be outside when sunset is happening. These are all little things that I thought really maximized um, what I was doing. Um, also blue blocking after sunset. So if you're going to be like, you know, watching something or looking at your screen, hopefully you're, you're really not, you're just like listening to music or, you know, you're having a conversation with someone or you're doing yoga or you're making love or you're using your red light machine or you know, maybe you're in your sauna with your red light on, like you're doing something that's like, not like, it's totally like teched out. Um, but yeah, so I, I combined those good circadian rhythm habits with 
the other stuff I already mentioned. I tried to do a little bit of sauna when I was like doing the protocol last time, but it was so hot here in New York. We had this really muggy, like super humid summer where I was just like, you know what? I just, I'm already detoxing a lot by doing everything I'm already doing and like pooping and all this stuff, pooping more than I had. Cause when you, you end up like getting a little bit of diarrhea when you start doing this, I got diarrhea. Um, I think like five days in, which is a good sign because that means you're like reducing your cholestatic nature. You want to have diarrhea. And I never felt like I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I got to get to the bathroom right now. Like I was just going to go in my pants. I never felt like that for anyone who's like concerned if they can do it, if they have a job outside the house. I never felt like I was like, it was life or death if I got to the bathroom. I was always able to get to the bathroom and go, you know, and it was easy. But I was passing looser feces because my liver was getting cleaner. So expect that to happen, that the feces will become looser. And the longer it takes for the feces to get um, looser, uh, the more cholestatic someone is. And as you um, produce and evacuate the loose feces, you'll get more increased energy and more mental clarity. And any symptoms you have will start to dissipate. So like I said, I started to do the sauna but it was just, it was too hot to do it. So I'm like, I'll just save that. I'll do everything else that I've been doing already. Um, what else could you do that were add-ons that I thought were really helpful? You could do magnesium foot baths or you could do magnesium baths, something else that you can add on, um, you can tack on. That's something nice. You could also do castor oil packs. You could also do topical magnesium or do magnesium like pills, like magnesium glycinate at night. If you're going to do it in the morning, I'm going to do more like magnesium malate. So those are all ideas that would be ways to kind of, you know, further increase your liver detoxification and, um, you know, get rid of um, the cholestasis and, you know, avoid your bowels. So overall, I was really happy with the, um, the protocol. I think it's I think it's solid. I like the fact that it's readily available and that you don't need to have like heaps of money to do this. I mean, the F1 is $45, the F2 is 30, and the Sheila Jeet is 55. So it's it's really very accessible. You could probably even do just the F1 and the F2, which is $75, or you can get the Sheila Jeet somewhere else. But I really like this Sheila Jeet because a lot of them actually have heavy metals in them, and this one's like a really, really good quality Sheila Jeet, and it comes in a glass jar. So, I mean, for the price that most people would pay for, I don't know, whatever people buy, you know, toxic textiles, you know, toxic fashion, Netflix, you know, the gym, um, shitty takeout food, whatever people are wasting their money on these days. I don't know. Um, cable. You can do yourself a favor and try this um, liver detox. I don't think that you'll be sorry if you do it. And there's also a clearly liver detox group on Telegram with all different types of tabs where other people who are doing the same thing are in there, you know, making progress themselves and asking questions. So there's a community that kind of goes along with it, which of course is, is free. So yeah, that's my review of the Clearly Liver Detox. I think it is um, definitely worth your while if you are looking to improve your health. It's uh, affordable. It's not something that's gonna make you feel like shit. Like how many of these detoxes out there, you just feel horrible. You just like, or you have to starve yourself too. That's one of the things I just like loathe about these detoxes. Don't eat, you know, just drink juice. Um, like 
no, that is ridiculous. You need to eat, especially if you want to detox your body. How are you going to detox your body and clean your liver when you're not eating? That is ridiculous. So I think it's a really gentle way to approach detox and it feels very holistic. So I would recommend it to anyone out there who's looking to upgrade and just make sure you eat enough and drink enough water. Follow the protocol. Don't, you know, um, crap out and eat shit when you're doing the protocol. Don't eat shit in general. But especially if you're doing this, like use this as your motivation to not um, not eat shit. Oh, and something else. Um, don't look at your phone like first thing in the morning. Um, don't do that anyway. <laughs> but especially if you're going to do like a liver detox, like you've got to put these limits on yourself. If you want to have a cell phone and most of us listening have a smartphone, if you don't, that's great and you don't need it, that's great. But most of us listening, we have a smartphone. You have to be your own rope on that. You've got to police yourself with that and you've got to be tight with yourself and you know create these dopamine detoxes with yourself because otherwise you're just gonna wallow in zoggery essentially um, and hand rubbing intensifies. So yeah, liver detox, great stuff. I'm gonna put the link for all uh, clearly in the, um, the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. I'm not affiliated in any way with this company. I just think that it's a really solid product. Uh, I've recommended it already to friends and family and clients, but I know a lot of you wanted to hear my review here. So that is my review. So up next, I wanted to talk about anti-social media hygiene. Anti-social media hygiene, that's a fun little phrase right there, right? And of course, I always refer to social media as anti-social media because, well, that's kind of accurate. Um, but what I was just talking about before with the phone, you've got to put these limits on yourself. Like for me, I don't go on anti-social media until 11 a.m. And then once it becomes dark, I don't go on it either. I don't need to be on there all the time. I actually find that I'm more effective and I enjoy my life more. And I've actually noticed that I have more followers since I've been creating this social anti-social media hygiene. And I've also noticed that it's become more of a place that feels, I'm mostly talking about Telegram now because I don't really use the other ones too much. It's like sometimes I'll go on the other ones, but it'll be more to like, for reference or research, like if I'm on Instagram and I'm just looking at, you know, someone's account and I'm just kind of almost looking at it like I would be reading a blog, if that if that makes sense. But um, I've noticed that it's just become more unsavory as time has gone on, or maybe since I've distanced myself from it, it just feels more unsavory to me. I, I don't know. It, it could be a combination deal, of course. Um, but I wrote the other day, that um, I'm on here less and less because it's 99% cesspool slash sewer content. And that I was deeply considering a private community for those who aren't white trash women haters because unfortunately, a lot of people on this app are white trash women haters. And it's really unfortunate. I've had a lot of um, low vibe rhetoric as of late in the in the chat, uh, misogynistic things, uh, violent language, I just totally blocked and deleted it all. And I usually put something out every now and again telling people like this is a place to discuss all things well and white. It's not a gutter. Please be respectful of the humans. And I went back actually uh, in the old chat or the, the chat was originally linked with white wellness, but I went back in the archive chat or the older post, shall I say, and I deleted any of the posts that used um, 
low vibe language because that's not what I'm about. Uh, people have told me, and I know this myself to be true, that it is really one of the only channels, if not the only channel on Telegram that isn't a cesspool or a sewer that's kind of in this in this milieu. I mean, if you want to go on to those sites or those those channels and use uh, sewer language, there's six million of those channels on Telegram. It doesn't have to be mine. And I've noticed that um, I think I only lost like one follower after I wrote that. I mean, I, I could care less anyway. If people don't like it, they can, like I said, go on the six million channels that have that type of stuff. I did notice today, though, I think I lost, <laughs> this is hilarious, I think I lost two followers because I, I posted a picture of a very acrobatic uh, 69 session. So two people who were who were prude and don't enjoy pleasure, actually one of them actually thumbed it down probably before they, they left, uh, decided to leave the channel. <laughs> I don't care, honestly. You're, you're not going to find like cookie cutter you know, traditional information on this channel, you are always going to be surprised by the things that I post. Uh, that is a guarantee. So if people aren't interested in that type of content, there's other channels on here for them. You know, that's that's the great thing about the internet. There's all these different uh, flavors. But it got me thinking about, you know, you know, being um, on a certain protocol, like a liver protocol or, or whatever it may be, a certain spiritual path, a certain something that requires dedication and devotion, we lose that flow of key, of prana, of vril. We lose that when we subsume ourselves in the antisocial media. That's why it's so important to have this, this hygiene. And like I said, I've actually been considering a private community. Um, and if you're interested in that, Send me an email at truthisrising at protonmail.com. Uh, leave a comment on the show. I'm also going to do a poll over on um, Telegram a little bit later today. But I've been thinking about it for about a year or so now. Um, but I really think that there's, there's a void in regards to something like this out there. And I know from being parts of private communities online that when you go into something where there's like a certain amount of camaraderie as well as rules. And one of the other things I really like about it is that people are more apt to be themselves. Maybe they'll use their real name. Maybe they'll even use a picture of themselves, right? Cause so many people are still so scared to even like, you know, show who they are and, and all of that. But it's really nice to be able to be part of a vetted community where you can share something and not think that someone's going to use it against you or dox you or say um, some something that's low vibe or misogynistic or, or violent. So I think it'd be really nice to have a community like that for people who are really serious about a better future, right? And, and people who aren't trash, right? No trash allowed, no woman haters allowed, no losers allowed, just people who are legit, who really want to better themselves, better their family, maybe make connections with other people, possibly make online connections and take them into real life. And that's the beauty of a private community. Many of these communities that are now private, they started themselves on Facebook. But, you know, people go onto these sites and they troll. I, I can't even think of how people I had to block just yesterday, um, just saying really disgusting things. Um, and they do it deliberately, too. I know they're doing it deliberately. Um, I can guarantee that people who are doing these things are probably not engaging in that acrobatic 69 position that I posted earlier on the page or, or any type of position. These people are just like, they have nothing going on. 
um, that's really unfortunate. Um, and, you know, at one point many years ago, I really wanted to, you know, lift up, you know, all members of the race. I really wanted to lift up all people, um, all humans. But it is something that a lot of people are not interested. And that's okay. It's not my responsibility. It's not my duty. I don't really want to rescue other people. I like to put content out there that's that makes people, you know, think and also makes them have a better life. That's really the goal of, of white wellness. But it really also gets me thinking more seriously that there's a lot of people out there, whether they're of, of the white race or other races, that they have no inclination to upgrade, none whatsoever. And that is just the reality of it. And um, waiting for them to upgrade is going to stall any real... Um, any real growth, right? Any any real solutions. So that's my idea with creating this online uh, private community, a private a private platform for people who really just want to level up, not just you know um, lollygag on you know applications all day. And then I saw something the other day when I was scrolling back and you know deleting all of these uh, things on the white wellness. Um, chat piece of my channel and I saw this thing that someone had made this post it was from a channel called the real national socialist I'm not even sure if that's a channel that's available anymore on telegram um let's see having a little bit of trouble um no it's not even found anymore maybe it was deleted or something who the hell knows um but it was something that someone wrote after a lot of people in the chat were using sewer language. And the person said, show me a video or quote where Adolf Hitler says, um, and it's just, it's gross stuff, you know, saying gross stuff about other races. Show me where he says other races aren't human. He was smarter than that and you should be too. And yeah, uh, he never did. Many of us who know when the uh, Berlin Olympics were occurring, 1936, something to that about, right? Berlin Olympics, uh, 1936, yeah. He welcomed Jesse Owens, who of course was uh, a black um, athlete from America. Uh, he was not one of these bagel Nazi guys, right? And to this day, I mean, I thought this stuff was like from 2016, 2015, this type of sewer behavior, right? It's still alive and well. A few weeks ago, um, or maybe like about a month ago, there were people writing stuff about race baiting in the chat, um, saying they love to race bait. They love seeing race baiting happening at um, sporting events. And this post goes on to say, hate is not what national socialism is about. It may be what you are about. And if that's the case, you are not a national socialist. It makes you a cunt. And of course, they're using the word cunt here in the more modern sense. They're not talking about kundalini or cuneiform or goddesses. They're using it more in the way of saying it, it makes you a white trash loser. National socialism is about embracing your nation and encouraging all other nations to do the same in their own homeland, preserving and protecting their culture, their heritage, and their bloodline. It is not about abuse, harassment, bullying, violence, etc., towards anyone not of your ethnicity. And then if you're, I mean, who, what are you then if that's what you're doing? Like, it's just, these people probably already have liver damage too, if you really think about it, right? I mean, I've noticed too, some of the angriest people uh, in this milieu uh, are the least effective and they're completely subsumed with the doom and gloom. They, um, 
They have this like miasma over them. They're just always thinking the worst thing is going to happen next. That does not make them effective. Uh, that does not make them aware. It keeps them in the small box. It keeps them in the J box. It damages their liver. And it's, um, I mean, if, if uh, A.H. was alive today, he wouldn't even acknowledge these people, let alone spit on them. Um, he would think that they were absolute scum. And I would agree with him. So that's just what I had to say with that, um, with turning over a new leaf, with the um, possibility of starting a community online, just really uh, distancing myself from all of all of this. Uh, it's too disgusting. Um, it's really it's really counter to any growth. Like my ideas when I started this were based on personal power and love. Right. That's that's, you know, and, and wellness and the wellness that comes from personal power and love. It's not based on hating other races. It's not based on hating women. And that's all we see over and over and over again. Right. It really sounds incredibly Talmudic. It doesn't really sound anything to do with National Socialism. So let me know your thoughts on that. Like I said, you can email me truth is rising at protonmail.com. Or you can tell me in the comments, or if you're a Telegram user, you can tell me in the poll, or if you want to speak to me privately on Telegram, at Tabby America. All right, so I mentioned that. We talked about the word. We talked about the liver detox. We talked about my thoughts on antisocial media, the hygiene involved in antisocial media, the possibility of a private platform, um, just getting away from just the, the miasma and the rhetoric and just all the all the sludge, you know, there's just so much out there. Um, if we want to be effective and we really want to, you know, create a better future, like I, I, I still am very optimistic about the future. I know a lot of people aren't. Um, I speak to them in real life and, you know, sometimes not in real life. And I know a lot of people are not optimistic about the future. I am. I'm very optimistic about the future. I don't know why. I, well, I do know why. I guess most of the time my outlook on most things, not all things, but most of the time my outlook is, is pretty optimistic. So I am optimistic about the future, but when all you do is expose yourself to like all different types of like low quality media, even if it's alt media or radical media, I don't care what category it's in. When it's all, don't do this, don't do that, you know, um, this is gonna happen. You're, you're messing with your life force. You're messing with your key. You're messing with your prana. You're messing with your drill. Uh, you may think you're, quote, in the know, but you're, like, living in the gutter. You're damaging your liver. Um, I mean, that's not healthy. That's not healthy for anybody. But, you know, everyone has to make their choices. And if they're, if they're living or reliving some of, like, traumatized event or experience or program, they're going to be stuck in that um, paradigm, which is incredibly unfortunate. So it is what it is. Yeah. I just clicked a button. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, oh, okay. I think I'm still online. Something happened where my page just refreshed. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm talking through my, my other app, but I don't know what happened. I just can't see everything. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't really looking at the chat or anything like that. I was just um, just talking and talking and talking, which is okay. Oh, Epiphany said she'd like to join your community. I am so happy to hear that. Thank you um, for the feedback and thank you for wanting to join. Really appreciate that. Gosh, what else do I have to say? I wanted to kind of keep it short today. I didn't really have 
too much to talk about. And I have some other things I want to do. Um, yeah. Um, hmm, what else can I say? I have some other ideas for shows, too, that I want to do. If anyone has any questions, I guess you can throw them into the chat. Um, oh, I'll mention this again. Uh, I'm doing a workshop on adrenaline. That's right. For a second, I had to remember it. I'm doing a workshop October 21st on adrenaline. Um, adrenaline is a hormone which a lot of us run off of. It's very easy in this modern day world. So if that interests you, uh, this is going to be a really interesting lecture. It's going to be on the Podbean app. It's going to be live just like this, but you're going to be getting a a private link, just like you would for like a Zoom thing, essentially exactly how Zoom works, but you're just going to be hearing me as opposed to hearing me and seeing me. It's $55 um, payable through Venmo at Tabby Wellness, and we're going to learn how to lower adrenaline naturally, how to mitigate the effects of ADHD, IBS, PMS, PTSD, anxiety, depression, hypoglycemia, addiction, weight gain, anger, and more by using diet and lifestyle. It's a live lecture. It's going to be about an hour and a half um, with about a half hour for questions. Now, if you do want to come and let's say it's 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, let's say you do want to come and you're in Australia or Austria or somewhere on the other side of the world and you're just like, I'm going to be asleep or at work or just I can't like come live, email me your questions prior. You can either do it at Tabby America on Telegram or Truth is rising at protonmail.com on um, on email. Email me your questions prior, and I will happily answer them during um, the live. But this is really interesting information. There's so much out there that just tries to deceive us and keep us from really getting to the root of what we what what our birthright is. Right? Um, I want everyone to feel good. I really do. Um, so that's why I'm doing this. And this will probably be the first of many workshops. I originally was starting to get into the idea of doing courses, but I think that workshops are a lot quicker of a way to get information. I still may do courses, absolutely, but I wanted to kind of um, vary the idea or vary the way I'm putting out information. So I thought a virtual workshop would be a good way to start because many of you are already used to this format, you know, with the pod being for the shows. So I thought for a workshop, this would be a great way to go about things. Oh, and of course, anyone who purchases a workshop, you will receive a download of it to have for life. So you can listen back and, you know, check everything and things like that. Um, but yeah, I have some ideas just of like, you know, new things, new, new ways to kind of work on all of this um, and make it better. You know, I mean, the thing is that, you know, these these anti-social medias, they have their limits, right? They're good for certain things, but sometimes we don't necessarily take things as seriously as we should when um, anyone has access to it, right? Because then we have to deal with the trolls and just the sludge and all, all the stuff that we already know. It's just, you know, it becomes, it becomes overwhelming. And I know for myself from being in many of these of these communities online, not just many, I guess, just a few, like three or four. Uh, it really is something that when you clean it up and it's only like, it becomes exclusive, you know? It's nice as, to become, as opposed to inclusive, it becomes exclusive. We always hear that word inclusivity, inclusivity. 
let's go for exclusivity okay that's how we really make change if everyone was allowed to do something like there aren't three winners there's there's one winner right let's let's focus on ex exclusivity if we want to really optimize ourselves now, sometimes inclusivity is nice if it's you know something different but for the case of this you know it's we need little spaces online where we can do our things where we don't have to be patrolling it because of you know gross comments and things i mean i haven't had people post um uh like child pornography on my page one time i'm serious it was it was absolutely awful it was like the worst thing probably the worst thing anyone's ever posted besides that they had posted some some interracial pornography which was really awful um but yeah i mean these are the kind of things you have to deal with when you're in a public forum unfortunately so i think i'll leave it at that i'm hungry i need a snack i think i'm gonna do some bone broth with some cheese and quackers uh, i'm gonna eat that in the sun and then go on with my day. So uh, this was a shorty. It was a good one. Uh, a new leaf, White Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Tabitha. Be sure to catch all the broadcast tidbits and all that jazz on White Wellness Radio. Have a beautiful day. Tabitha Epiphany is saying yes, same to you. Have a beautiful day. Enjoy the day. To everyone listening, have a beautiful day. Do something healthy for yourself. Um, it's good. It's good to feel good. It's good to look good. And it's good to be good. Okay, everyone. Till the next time. Satnam.